Stafford will take the direct snap. LeGarrette the lone back behind him. Matthews got it. Wants to throw. Rolls to the right. Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there. Enzo. Caught. Touchdown. Detroit Lions. Marvin Jones. 33 yards on the connection. And the Lions answer the Patriot touchdown with one of their own. What's up, Lions fans, and welcome to the Blue Blood Podcast. This is your host, Jonathan, along with your host, Colton. Hey, guys, what's up? And today we're coming at you with episode three of the Blue Blood Podcast, named Free Agents. This is going to be part two from the one that we started the other day. So we're going to go ahead and get started off right away with the most known free agent out of the ones that we signed after the ones we've already previously talked about. That is Chase Daniel quarterback uh signed from the bears so colton go ahead and start this off let me know what you think about him and your thoughts on his contract all right so he signed a three-year 13.05 million dollar contract which averages out to 4.35 million a year um and some interesting things about the contract is that chase daniel uh his contract has a player option which means he can void out the third year of the deal, which if he did that, that would make it a two-year, $8.05 million contract. So what you're saying is Chase Daniels the one that would be able to opt out? Yeah, so most contracts have a team option where the team can void a couple of years, like with uh, Big V, but Chase Daniel ha- actually has the option to void the third year of his deal. That's interesting to me. Like I don't know why he would want to do that, especially since I think he's getting overpaid uh for being a backup quarterback with not having that much starting experience so that's interesting to why he would even want that in his contract but that's just me um what do you think about his contract do you think it's too much do you think it's too little do you think it's about right so i actually had like a point about this this might lead to a tangent but so obviously he's one and two but the big question for me is initially looking at it it's he's overpaid but with the way Stafford went down, and I really hate to have this conversation, but with the type of injury that Matthew Stafford had with his back, which is obviously a serious injury, is there any concern for Stafford going forward? Uh, I mean, me personally, I'd say like percentage-wise out of 100, maybe 25, I, th- I think. I'm more on the side of, they're freak injuries, and he's fine now, and he's 100% healed. So that's more of the side of, like, concern. I'd say 25% out of 100. What do you think? Yeah, I'd say somewhere around there. I was just asking because if they view him as potentially uh, maybe a transition quarterback, if Stafford, like, hurts his back again this year, and then he's like, you know what, I'm done, which would be awful. But, I mean, if that were, were the case, then the contract makes sense. Kind of like the – sorry – Kind of like the Jacoby Brissett, uh, like a Jacoby Brissett type situation. Oh, yeah, that's true. I can see that. That makes sense. Well, I mean, like, I don't know. I see it as if Stafford gets injured again, we're not going to be able to win anything. But I don't, I still don't understand the point of letting him go. I, if he gets injured for the whole season, that's a difference. He's a top five quarterback, in my opinion. I'd, ranges of course some people think top seven some people think he's as low as only top 10 but he's an amazing he's an elite quarterback so i don't get why we would release him there's really i don't understand 
I get the transition and everything like that if we end up losing and we have new coaches, but why are you going to want to rebuild with a new quarterback instead of keeping a guy that's established and is going to be able to win you games? Because when you're a rookie head coach, you're going to want to win right away, are you not? I mean, I, d- I didn't mean more like that they're going to re- move on from Stafford. I meant like Stafford, let's say Stafford hurts his back again for the third year in a row, and then he's like, oh crap, this football thing's getting too serious for me. I want to spend time with my kids. And then he oh, walks away. Retirement. Interesting. That's a good viewpoint, actually. I could see that. I Okay, I can't see that because of who he is. I could see that if he was a different quarterback. I don't think he's going to leave until he wins the Super Bowl or is pretty much forced to retire. That's just my opinion, though. Yeah. But um, contract details, like you said, three-year, $13 million. It's Chase Daniels, he's actually six foot two thirty, so he's got some weight on him. Um, he's played for a few teams now, and... A few of them a couple times, actually. He's played for New Orleans, Kansas City, Philadelphia, and most recently Chicago. His starter stats are seven touchdowns and five interceptions in the five games. And he doesn't have arm strength like Stafford does, but he can throw a fastball. On what I was watching, like, he can. Like, I'm not saying it's far, like 20, 25 yards, but he can get it there. And he's a smart player. Oddly enough, he's somewhat quick, which is... Very interesting. I looked up his 40 time because I was interested, and he has the same 40 time as Stafford, so there's not much of a difference, which I think Stafford's quick too, but it's just having a shorter guy, it's fun to watch him run. Um, And say what you want about him, but honestly, if I needed him to start three games in a season, I'd feel comfortable with that. Like, I'd say, like, six, I'm a little hesitant, but if he needed to start three games, like, let's say Stafford gets injured from week 9 to 11, and we need them for those three games. I'm fine. I think we can at least go two and one in those. What are you, what are your opinions on him having to start for a few games? Yeah, so I wrote down that he's a solid quarterback too, and that he won't necessarily win you games, and he won't necessarily lose you games most of the time, but that he'll be that solid starter where where if the rest of the team does well, then you should win the game. Yeah, so more of a game manager. But as long as yeah. he doesn't make those mistakes where he fumbles the ball or throws a pick, like I think he's confident enough and solid enough to be able to get decent passes and trust the running game and have our defense play better than way better than last season but better than it's probably going to play during the season if we have him and we need him to play yeah but all right let's go ahead and move on to our second guy that is big nick williams sitting at 6'4 310 his contract is for two years 10 million it's a higher contract than he's gotten but I think he's earned it. You can go ahead and talk about um, his stats and what your impression is on him. So, yeah, just one more detail. Actually, so his contract's a two-year $10 million deal. Obviously, $5 million average. And he has a potential... Never mind, this is a team option, sorry. This one's a team option um, after the first year, which would make it a one-year $5.3 million contract, Um, which is something I'm starting to notice in these contracts. I know we talked about one or two of them last time where the Lions have a potential out. Um, but yeah, he had so a little bit of background on Nick Williams. Um, he almost moved on from football after being weighed by Miami um, in 2017. And then he had workouts with Chicago and Atlanta. Um, and then he was signed in Chicago during the uh, offseason before the 2018 season. And then, let's see, he played in, or he's, let's see, yeah, he's played in two games. Uh, just had two tackles, one of them for lo- for a loss, so just okay. But his big year really came in 2019 when Akeem Hicks went down with an injury, 
where he had he appeared in all 16 games and he had two fumble recoveries and six sacks and 42 tackles. Yeah, and the man being that big, being able to get that many sacks, that's impressive in my opinion. And yeah, you had the teams that he's playing for. Like I said, he can get to the quarterback. He can also play nose or three tech, which is nice. He has versatility. And um, I think he's probably our backup nose tackle behind Danny Shelton, if I had to guess. Where do you see him at on our roster? Yeah, behind Nick, or behind uh, Danny Shelton. Yeah. And then another thing interesting about him, I thought he was younger. He's actually already 30 years old. Uh, linemen typically don't tend to play that well past 31, 32, unless you're one of the greats. So I'm glad we only got him for a two-year contracts because I don't know. I Like you said, though, he hasn't been playing very much early in his career, but it's still, he's getting older, his body's getting older, so I'm glad we only have him for two years and not like four or five or anything like that, and yeah, you're right, with those team options, like, we have that on almost every single one of our free agent contracts, which is interesting to see, and I get it, and honestly, I'm happy about it, because we have a guy that, let's say he gets put on IR because he has, well, look at Todd Gurley, arthritis, that's a guy that's not going to come back or ever be 100% from when you signed him, so why are you going to want to keep him, so... I like the team options, and I think it's good that all these players are willing to sign that. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I just think it's a lot of uh, excellent work by Bob Quinn of, okay, I think a lot of our free agents are guys that have minimal risk, if there is any, and then high reward or high potential. And then, obviously, if that potential doesn't work out or doesn't come even close to happening, then you just move on. Yeah, and that's exactly what it is. I think it's low risk and high potential, and that's good. And these contracts really aren't that expensive, to be honest with you. Um, so, like we said, uh, Nick Williams probably backup defensive tackle. I like that, and my opinion, I think he's going to play 20% of the snaps, 25%. What do you think, snap-wise? I'd probably have him a little higher at, like, 30. Okay, interesting. 35. I know those nose tackles and defensive tackles tend to get uh, a little bit more tired just because they are playing physical and they are bigger guys. So, yeah, I wouldn't be mad with that by any means. I just don't think he's going to be playing a super big amount. Um, okay, then, let's go ahead and move on to our next guy. Third free agent we're going to be talking about, that is Reggie Ragland. He came from Kansas City. He's sitting at 6'2", 260, so that big size that Matt Patricia likes at linebacker. And he's also 26, so he's a young guy. So what are your thoughts on him, and where do you see him uh, snap-wise and depth chart-wise on our defense? Let's see. So Reggie Ragland, he signed a one-year $962,000 deal. Um, just a little bit of background on him. Um, he was drafted by the Bills in 2016 and then tore his ACL. Um, and then the Chiefs acquired him from the Bills via trade in 2017, and this I thought was interesting. It was actually one of the first moves that Brett Veach, uh, the Chiefs GM, made in 2017. And obviously he's been a a super successful GM. So I think that was super interesting. Wow, I didn't even know that. Um, let's see. What were what? Sorry, what were your questions? No, you're good. Um, yeah. What snap percentage wise, and where do you see him on the depth chart on our defense? Ooh, not sure about snap percentage wise, but. I think he'll be a uh, Sam. I think he'll fit pretty nicely into that Sam linebacker role, kind of in the middle of the defense. Um, so I have him as okay. a backup to Jamie Collin, 
Collins, maybe? I'm not sure. Interesting. If- see, yeah, I know the way I see it is I have um, him and Jared Davis competing for middle, to be honest with you. And I think they'll be able to push each other well. I think they're somewhat similar players. And also, uh, 2018 was Reggie Ragland's best year. That was when he actually had 86 tackles. So he has production when he's given the opportunity. It's just that he hasn't really been given the opportunity. And he also did tear his ACL his rookie year with the Bills. So he's having to deal with that knee injury. And it's better now, but he had to deal with it early in his career. And that put him behind the eight ball for sure. So, yeah, I actually see him competing with Jared Davis. Yes, I think Jared Davis will win. But I do see him pressuring him a little bit. And snap percentage-wise for me, I see him 30% maybe. I don't think any more than that unless somebody gets injured. Okay, so if we were to play like a 4-2-5, um, I'd have, of course, the edges being Collins and Flowers and then having our linebackers be Jared Davis and Jelani Tavai, most likely. I don't want Christian Jones to see the field. I personally don't like him in any sort of situation, in my opinion, on the field. I hope Reggie Ragland takes over any in all of his snaps, but who would you say our two linebackers are if you had to pick? Yeah, if we have Jamie Collins on the line, I'd agree with uh, Davis and Tavai. Yeah, and like, of course, I'm not saying um, that Collins would be essentially down off defensive lineman. He'd be more of an outside linebacker, which he is amazing at. So I'd have him as like a hybrid, essentially, and um, being able to have him do anything and everything because that's what he's able to do. His stats, like we talked about last episode, are amazing. Yeah. So um, I don't really got anything else on Reggie Ragland. How about you? One last thing I wanted to note, and obviously this is pretty significant, is that he did actually start in Super Bowl 54 versus the 49ers. So, he's not experience. No, not at all. I'm just surprised we signed him for so cheap, to be completely honest with you. I know he has had trouble with injuries and he hasn't had that great of stats, but that's not even a million dollars. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah. But, okay, let's go ahead and move on to a guy that is one of my favorite players that we've signed. And we signed him to an extremely cheap deal. That is Jaron Curse out of the Vikings out of Minnesota. He's sitting at 6'4", 205, so he's a big, big safety. Um, he's got a one-year, $2 million deal, and he's only 26 years of age. He actually got drafted by the Vikings, so he's super young, and he hasn't played a lot of games by any means, so he's fresh, and I think he's ready to go. Um... One thing I got on him last season was his best season. He actually had 32 tackles and two passes defended. So that is not bad at all by any means. But what other notes do you have on him? And what do you think about him and that signing? Um, So I really like the signing. I think he'll do similar to what he did in Minnesota last year, which is a part-time defensive player and then a core special teams player. Um, Let's see. And... Just some stats in 2019. He had three games started out of the 15 games total that he played. He had one interception, six passes defended, and 28 tackles. Damn. That's, yeah, that's not bad, in my opinion. And, oh, and that's another thing I want to talk about. So, first off, yeah, I think he could be a good uh, third safety. He'll probably be our fourth safety because I think we're going to have... I personally would want Harmon to start and Will Harris to learn a bit of a little bit more before he moves into the starting role. So we'd have Tracy, Harmon, Will Harris, and then Jaron Curse, which he's going to be able to help on special teams a little bit. And also I have him playing that hybrid linebacker slash safety role and covering tight ends because he's big, he's physical, and he's going to be able to do that. 
And, uh, yeah, the fact on him that I was going to bring up is he actually is going to be suspended for the first three games of the season. Um, he actually got a DWI this offseason, and the Lions did know that before signing him, and they were okay with it, and they knew that he most likely was going to have a suspension. So um, there sorry, is that. Sorry, one note on that, on that suspension. That was actually in that happened. The incident happened in October of 2019, so it was before the offseason, and it was just exactly. a, pending, well, a pending thing. Yeah, sorry, that's what I meant. Is yeah, it happened during the season, but it was a pending thing, like in the off season that they later found. Well, and they knew about before they signed him, so they knew what risk they were taking there, and it's a low risk, high reward. Again, like you were talking about earlier, I think he's gonna be fun to watch. I'm not gonna lie. I think we can um, put him up against those tight ends, and he'll be exciting to watch. But um, I don't know. He's probably out of like our young guys. Of course, not our big stars. But out of the lower-end guys that we signed, he's probably a guy I could see carving out a role on our team and staying past his contract. How about you? Yeah, I, I really like Reggie Ragland and maybe the potential there, but I get what you mean, and I really think that he wants to be in the NFC North so he can go against the Vikings but because it kind of sounds like there's some uh, bad blood, like blood Hell there yeah. in the water. So You see on Twitter, it, he's... He's not happy. Or after the schedule came out, I remember him tweeting out, circling those dates. Yes, sir. So I'm good with that. I am A-OK with him having a chip on his shoulder and wanting to prove the Vikings wrong for not re-signing him. I am A-OK with that. I'm excited. He's going to freaking murder Kyle Rudolph. So, at least that's my hope. Yeah. But, okay, let's go ahead and wrap this up with... Uh, possibly a couple guys um we are going to start off with tony mccray so this is probably going to be for the final roster spot position in my opinion for the cornerback position so tony mccray he's sent at 510 185 and he came from the cincinnati Bengals, which is where our new special teams coordinator Braden coombs i don't know how to say his last name um he's actually age 27 and notes on mccray um, he is a guy that started a couple games last season. He doesn't have um, that great of stats, but he does have some starter experience, which is nice. And I have him competing for D-Virgin for a roster spot, which, of course, we all know how good D-Virgin was on special teams. He's a great gunner. Uh, also a great name, if I do say so myself. And it'll be interesting to see if they keep Tony McRae because he does have experience with our special teams coordinator. Or if they're going to roll with Virgin because of the name and because he could play well. So, um, what do you think about that and about McCray? Yeah, I'd agree 100%. Um, and like you said, he's a stud on special teams. Um, not, I don't think you said this, but Pro Football Focus had him uh, as a special teams grade of 72.4, which is obviously pretty high, especially for special teams. Wow, yeah, definitely. And then I think you had a guy that you kind of liked too, so I'll let you talk about him a little bit before we go ahead and wrap this up. Yeah, I'm not sure if you heard my clicking when I, while you were talking, but I was actually looking this up, so I'm not really that big of a fan of him anymore, but I'll still talk about him. Uh, Daryl Roberts, uh, he was signed one-year, $2 million deal uh, from the Jets. He's a cornerback. Um, in 2019, he started 10 games and appeared in 13. He had one pick six passes defended 
and 63 tackles, including one of them for a loss. Um, two notes I have on, on him here. Let's see. Got some stats pulled up, and he allowed one, two, three, four, five, the seventh highest passer rating on the Jets of 103.9. So that's kind of awful. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I sent you a message earlier. Uh, I was research, doing some research on this, on some guys. and <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> uh, this picture, or not this picture, this article came up. I was reading through it. And the headline said, Nevin Lawson lookalike. And so I quickly hit the X button and said, that'll do it for today. Hey, I mean, honestly, people are a little harsh on Nevin Lawson, in my opinion. Like, yes, the dude held like crazy, had a whole bunch of penalties, and I'm just sounding dumb at this point, but he at least tried, dude. Like, he he put out a lot of effort. He didn't have a horrible passer rating against him, but he at least tried. I would have had him over Rashawn Melvin, in my opinion, but I don't know. That's just what I got on him. Um, Yeah, so what uh, thoughts do you have on... Roberts, if anything else. Yeah, so the last thing I wanted to point out is that Roberts originally entered the league in 2015, a 7th round pick by the Patriots. And so part of me was wondering if maybe Bob Quinn and Patricia were like, and Patricia was like, hey, drafted this guy, thought there might be something there. So I think that's something to keep an eye on going forward. Um. Yeah. He freaking loves his Patriots, I guess. Good night, man. But I get it. I do. I get it. It is what it is. And it's good to have familiar faces and guys that have already bought in to whatever this is. I guess it's the Patriot way, but the Patriot way involves winning, and we haven't done that yet. So uh, who do you think is competing for that last roster spot? Do you think it's um, both McCray and Roberts? Do you think Roberts is competing against somebody else? And what do you just think there? Um, I think that, oh, sorry, one last thing on Roberts is that he also played 30% of about 30, I think it was 32% of the Jets' snaps on special teams last year. Yeah. So, so but back to your question, I think that Roberts will be competing against McRae, and I'm going to give a slight edge to Roberts just because he has a little bit more starting experience at corner if injuries were to happen and we needed him to play. Oof. I hope not. But um see and no, I see it the other way. I think uh, McCray has a better starting or a better chance of making the roster because he was with Braden, the special teams coordinator from the Bengals, and he played so good. So I think he'd have a better shot in my opinion. So I guess that'll be an interesting uh competition to watch in camp. I mean, it's not like we have any preseason games, so we're just gonna have to keep monitoring practice. Lovely. Anyways, um now that we're good with all those guys, uh, who do you think out of those guys that we talked about um, are you most excited for? Um, are you going to go with Reggie Ragland? I said J. Ron. Er, no. Yeah, no, I'm honestly most excited for J. Ron Curse out of all of them, probably. I'm switching up mine, so. Who are you switching up to? I'm going with Nick Williams. Yeah? A um, couple reasons. Uh, one, I really like his game. Two, I really like what he did in 2019 when asked to step up when Hicks went out. True. And uh, I think this is the third reason, uh, is that he is a cool guy on Twitter. So give him a follow <laughs> if you haven't. Dude, no, he, like, you just... he interacts with like fans and stuff. It's super cool. You just use that. You just use that as a reason why, I mean, 
I guess, hey, I mean, emotion. if emotion wasn't in sports, then no one would watch it. So <laughs> that's funny, though. That was though. the third reason, though, so it's, it's cool. Hey, hey, I agree with you, though. I do. It was cool. He, he interacts with me every once in a while, too. You definitely more. But, yeah, that's true. I, I'll take that. Um, no, I'm excited for everybody on that we brought in, to be quite honest with you. I really am. Um, so we're going to go ahead and wrap this up with the best thing you saw on Twitter this week. Sports-related, of course. So, um, I'm pretty sure we both agree on this one. We actually saw it today. The Bears ended up posting a video of Mitch Trubisky just throwing a pass. There's nothing special about it. He just threw a pass to Jimmy Graham. And you can go ahead and talk about the response that they got from posting that video. Well, I appreciate you quote-tweeting it because I wouldn't have seen it without that. Um, You're quite welcome. I, I, I scroll past... <laughs> Bears videos on my on my feed, but anyways, <laughs> uh, so you had mentioned a comment, and so I'm, I went to go investigate, and it, it was as you said, they were freaking out about Trubisky throwing a pass to a wide open Jimmy Graham in practice. And Mind you, in a like, good way. Yeah, like, did Mitch Trubisky just like make the safety go away with his eyes? Are we seeing the next step of his evolution? This is the dumbest thing I, I read on Twitter in a while, man. Like, holy crap, he threw a pass to a wide-open wide receiver and he actually completed it this tight time. End. That's what they should be. Sorry, tight end. doesn't. He can't hit a barn, dude. Like, he can't. Oh, my goodness gracious. They were talking about, oh, he looked off of safety. I'm like, dude, you can look left and look back right. It's pretty easy. Go try it outside in your backyard, man. It's the yeah. fact that he can't complete many passes in an NFL game because he has no confidence and he is not smart enough for Nagy's freaking offense. Honestly, that's what I see. And that's, I feel bad for the guy, but <laughs> that was just dumb. Yeah. So that was, it was funny though. It was a good laugh for the day. That's for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. So thank you for retweeting that. Oh yeah. You're definitely welcome, man. That's, I love laughing at Bears fans. It just makes my day. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and wrap up episode three of the Blue Blood podcast. Uh, any more thoughts before we go ahead and end this? Um, let's see. One last question for you. Overall free agent class, all of them, including the five we were talking about last time. Oh, would, yeah, because I think we might have just talked about the five last time. Yeah, what grade would you give on the overall class? I know you don't like giving grades before players are on the field, but yeah, grade, uh, grade for the overall class just by ideas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, B minus probably because some of the guys, like I know some of the guys that we brought in were low risk, high reward, but some of the guys I just don't think should be on an NFL roster. I'm not going to tell you who, but anyways, that's the grade that I give them. I know that's pretty harsh because our high end guys are legit, but what do you think? Yeah, I'd go, I can't decide between B, uh, B, yeah, B. Yeah. I'll go with so, a B. Yeah, exactly. Um, We're pretty similar. Why do you say that? Uh, I really liked the first five. And then... Me too. Th- this group's pretty good. Solid. Um, and then the big thing that's sticking out to me that I've pointed out a couple times is this low-risk, high-reward. Oh, no, the potential isn't there. Then we opt out. Or not opt out. Ugh. Then we have an option <laughs> to get rid of their contract. We'll we'll forget about the word opt out eventually after COVID's over, man. I hope so. But 
yeah, that's just going to be something we keep saying over and over again until it ends up going away finally. Yep. Um, alrighty then, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you guys very much for joining us on the Blue Blood Podcast. This is Episode 3, Free Agents, Part 2. Thank you all, and go ahead and make sure to add us on Twitter. I'm at at line for life det and Colton's at at Lions Royalty. Pretty simple. And make sure to follow our new Twitter account for the podcast as well. That's at Blue Blood Pod, P-O-D, 1, the number cloud. So thank you guys very much for listening, and peace out. Peace out, guys. Have a good day.